Hey, sports fans. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Hosk, and this is my flu game. I'm Jones, and the Leafs did it again. I'm Kudo, and this sucks, or the Leafs suck again. <laughs> oh, fuck, I love it. It would have been better if you didn't mess it up. I think I'd just leave it the way it is. <laughs> Let's get into sports and stuff. What are we stuff. talking about? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Or not. Ball into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Catch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. It's funny to me, too. Screw up. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. On tonight's episode, the Leafs lose another Game 7. The Reds can't even win when they throw a no-hitter. Luca puts a beatdown on the Suns in Game 7. The PGA Championship goes this weekend without the defending champ. And to close the show off, Scrutinizer Jones may or may not put us on the grill. This is Intersports and Stuff. Well, boys, I'm here for you. Fighting through, just like Jordan. Major head head cold right now. You know, didn't want to be here, but, um, you know, I couldn't let the fans down. I know they wanted to get the uh, the hot takes fresh off. Another Game 7 loss for the Leafs. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Yeah. Hey, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, they, they lost. You know, it is what it is, but... You know, it, this one feels different. Like, they were the better team in the series. They didn't, like, shy away from it. They, you know, I don't think they played terribly. You know, it's it's frustrating because they were the better team this time around. Like, you know, you kind of – I don't feel the misery necessarily that you felt in the past ones where they had a good team and they just didn't play good. Like, they played good. They just got – they lost to a, a better team, a two-time defending well, – cup chance the, the same thing kind of happened like i don't know at least suck <laughs> they just like they don't really show up like i don't know well they had they two sh- games to put them away and they didn't exactly yeah it's the they same story sh- over and over might have showed up in game six or game seven a bit but like i don't know it just something needs to happen and like I don't know where it's going to happen, where the money's going to come from, but something needs to happen. Like you look at these teams, like Did you, you watch these... the press conference today? No, I didn't watch the press conference, but like I I've heard different mixed things about the press conference of like them saying there's not really going to be changes, but there might be changes, but there might not be changes and like there's obviously going to be changes cuz you look at their you look at their cap just like right the now. Depth, the depth pieces are going to be changed. That it's how it how it goes every year for them. They got guys yeah. on one year deals that you know some of them are going to be you know moving up because they've had good seasons. You know, I, I think yeah, there's going to be changes. Yeah, we know that, but to what extent to those changes? You know, I don't know. It, it, you know, everyone was yeah, calling like, for Dubis and Keith's head. You know, or like last year. Didn't think they should be back this year. I don't have the same feeling from the fan base this year. I think that, you know, people realize that the team is is making positive strides. They had the best regular season in franchise history. You know, it, it sucks. They lost. But, you know, I, I there, See, here, there was here's my 800 point teams in the in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Here's my take on it. 
if you're not going to make, if you're, okay, you're, you're MLSE, you're tr the Toronto Maple Leafs, you look at what happened with the Toronto Raptors. Let's use them because it happened down the hallway. They were putting up record-breaking, like they were putting up their best numbers, but they get to the playoffs and they just couldn't succeed. And Masai Ujiri said, you know what? We need to change something. And they traded away arguably one of their best players. Yes, they brought in another superstar in Kawhi Leonard, but he basically sent a message saying, what's been going on with this core is not good enough. It's not good enough for a team that wants to win. So where do the Leafs go to make the same sort of impact that Ujiri made with the Raptors? Because it's just not good enough. Like you, yeah, there was 800 point teams in the NHL that are in the Eastern conference this year, but this is the fifth year in a row that they have lost of the first round. If they set a record, they're the only team in like professional sports to lose in five back to back, like five years in a row in game sevens or one was a game five because of the bubble, but still like that's, so something needs to happen and where are you going to go to make that change is what I look at. Like as much as Sheldon Keith's a great coach, like you're not going to trade Morgan or you're not trading Matthews. You're not trading Marner. You're not trading Riley. So that leaves you with Tavares who has a full no movement clause or Nylander to make a big shake with your core. And the next place you go would be your coach. When you look at some of the names that are out there, and they're, they already said today they're not they're not moving the coach. I know they said that. I'm just saying that they need to take a look. There's in no the mirror. no. There the, what and are you going to do? Who, who are you getting to improve on your on your base? That you said it correctly. The Raptors made a move and they upgraded. Demar Derozan was is not as good as Kawhi Leonard, so they moved out Demar Derozan. They brought in Kawhi Leonard. If you if you know, if you can move out uh, William Nylander and bring in uh, Nikita Kucherov, uh, I'm sure they're going to consider that move. But they're not. They said that they're not going to make but moves for the sake of I'm making saying, moves. Why? Why would you I'm make a, a move for the sake of making a move? Because they're show they, this core is showing you that they're not good enough to win. They're showing that to you. They so, they so to, to make yourself win. They, you're going to make yourself worse. Is is your to, theory to make like, yourself you, win? Make you your, to you make, make a, a move for the sake of making a move. So you make sometimes yourself that's worse. what needs to happen. Sometimes you need to make a change to your core to show them that not everyone's safe. That it's not just oh yeah, you get to come back and play again. Like you need to. Sometimes you need to be cutthroat. And to I think say that's the He's too buddy buddy with all them that he won't do that. Like. But that's what I, I mean. Like you, at some point, you need to say you guys are not performing well enough, and something needs to happen. Like, what what are you going to do? You have like seven million dollars with worth of cap space right now to start next year. You got to you technically have to re-sign your starting goalie. And the numbers I'm hearing from from people are like five. They want like five million dollars a year, which I think is that they can't afford that. They can't yeah, afford to be Jack. They're going to let him walk. If somebody wants to pay him five million dollars, pay him five million dollars. Like you can let him walk, and you know maybe Peter Morazic's your reclamation project, and maybe that's the the change they're making is is in is in net. I don't know. I'm just saying. I think something needs to happen. Well, there's things that are going to happen. Is Campbell actually going to go though? 
Didn't he play for the Greyhounds? He's got to stick around. He's a Greyhound. Well, you can't stick around. Like, he's got to take care of himself, too. But, you know, I, I don't see him having a better opportunity anywhere else. I, I, I don't know. Like, if you're telling me that he's going to want $5 million, then to me, there's the door. Use it kind of thing. Like, yeah, you have to understand, too, that the, you know, the league is going to be facing a lot of the same issues the Leafs are. Like, there's there's 20 teams that are up against the cap. So it's not like everybody's just going to have money to throw around in free agency. The the cap's not moving. It's going up a million dollars. For the yeah, Leafs, it's going up a mil. It's going up 2.2 because they get fucking Phil Kessel off the books. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They have, <laughs> like, I'm looking at it right now. They have, with the new cap, they have $7.8 million in cap space. Yeah. So for next year, there's, yeah, there's going to be some changes. They've got to so sign. So you can give Campbell the five. Well, you hope that, uh, you know, you hope Giordano will take a hometown discount to stick around. Labushkin is probably going to go because I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. You know, he's he played himself into a better contract, and he's going to get he's going to get it from somebody. I don't think well, I don't think he's going to be like, back. I'll just I'll just throw you out some names right now. Mikheyev's going to be gone. You've got Mikheyev, Kasha, Engvall. Spezza, Kasha and Engvall are, are RFAs. Yeah, but still, they're RFAs. You still have to resign all. You'd have to resign them. Yeah. There's Giordano, Labushkin, Sandine, Lilligren, all need new contracts, and Jack Campbell. Mm-hmm. So, like, where you basically have to, like, they need a third line that actually has some size and strength to it. Like, Pierre Engvall is five, and he plays it like he's five foot two. Like he doesn't no, I don't think body. they do though. They didn't in that series. Maybe you need you a fourth they, line that can play. You don't. You I don't, don't think. think they I don't think our third line got dominated. I don't think the third line was the reason they lost the series. Look! Look who scored the goals for Tampa Bay. It was a fourth line. Nick Paul was moved up a line to play on the third. Yeah, line. Yeah, game seven. He did. Point. He did nothing. He did nothing all series. That, but he played on the third line in the most important game of the year. Yeah, he, he, he showed scored up. two goals. He scored two goals in Game Seven, but he didn't yeah. score. He didn't do dick all series until then. He was he was actually, if you watch the games, he was one of the guy. He got probably robbed about six or seven times in the last like four or five games. Every player got like, robbed in that series. Oh, not really. He did. There's, he didn't score. He didn't put the puck in the net until Game Seven. Well, being robbed and may, being stopped are two different things. Rob Jack Campbell robbed didn't rob anybody in that series. I don't think. So you don't he think made that like, they he had made a... like three three saves that were like above above normal. He missed that he made a he didn't make a couple that cost them. You know, I thought he played steady. I don't think he I thought so he saying, played his so games. He, so you're saying he made three out three outstanding saves the whole series. I'd have to probably do some analytics, but like just off the top of my head, he, you know, I don't recall too many that move the needle as, you know, game saving saves or anything like that. Well, he made, I could tell you two in the game six that, or no, game five, right off the bat. Kucherov right in front of the net off the shoulder. Mm-hmm. There's one. There was. But are you uh, not supposed to make that save as a goalie? He's he's alone in the slot. Like, that's a scoring chance. Is it not? Alone in the slot? You tell me. You're the goalie. <laughs> a, a, a routine save is anything outside of the danger area. That's a routine save. Like when he got beat on the rebound in game seven, that was a bad goal because he was out of position. And when he stretched his leg out to make the save, 
if he was in position, that rebound would have been in the corner and wouldn't have just been sitting out in front of the net, right? Like it was from it was from a bad spot on the ice that the, the shot came from a non-danger area that shouldn't have left a rebound in a dangerous area. But I don't know. I, I just think I think something needs to happen. I think I'm I don't want to pick on say anything about the referees, but I think the refereeing not just in that series, but in a lot of the series have been garbage. I think it's like very inconsistent. Yeah, I think Definitely. you're skipping over the biggest the biggest part of that game is that goal gets called back by Tavares, and you know it's it's a one one game. They and the Leafs have the momentum. Instead, they're they're down. They go to the penalty kill. Like to be honest, if you watch the play, and I watched it, it from a different, it was a penalty. It, it but, was a penalty. But they weren't calling it. But they weren't calling no, it. They. It, like, like the back referee called it. Like if you watch it from, I saw it from a different angle. And as soon as Hall hit the guy, the referee put his arm up. I'll give him the credit that he called that penalty. But how, how did you, they let him walk all the way well, around the slot and get the shot away? I have no, uh, that, without I have no idea. But like I saw, I, if you like, if I could find the clip, I could show it to you. Like the referee in the back put his arm up. Besides the point is they didn't call the games the same like if you look I, I forget I think it was game five McDonough scores the tying goal tied at three in front of the net Morgan Riley's going out to get the puck and someone just blatantly cross checks him from behind and that's interference like he didn't have the puck takes a cross check from behind the puck goes up to McDonough and he scores right mm-hmm. so like you tell me that that little pick play that happened is a penalty but when someone gets completely cross checked it's not a penalty or like you look at the Penguins game, the the game time goal for the Rangers in Game Seven, nowhere near the puck behind the play, Lafreniere grabs Pedersen's head, puts him in a headlock, pops his bucket off. Now he's got to make a split to second split second decision: Do I try and get my helmet and put it back on, or do I go to the bench and change because that's the rule? And the Rangers end up scoring off that play. Yep. From what I'm kind of learning from the play, I don't think a lot of players know that that rule was amended. Because I think originally it was your helmet comes off and you have to go off. You weren't allowed to put it back. They they amended the original rule for yeah. wearing a helmet. Because you were allowed to play without your helmet if it came off. And then it was... If your helmet uh, and then like junior hockey, the rule used to be you could put it back on and then junior hockey changed it to if it comes off, you got to go off. So I think the NHL had that rule originally or the or the players thought because of the junior rule, they had to go off and they, they didn't know the rule because like in the even the Leaf series, Marner was yelling about um, uh, point, point, point having his uh, chin strap open. Yeah, and then they they scored on that, but like tying goal, I think game six. So you're allowed to like, it's just like I get the rule why they put the rule in place about putting your helmet. Like if your helmet comes off, you got to put it back on. I like I understand why they did it for player safety. And the same sense, like you know, like I don't know, I don't, I just don't, I don't understand. Spe- like it should, it should almost be that if your helmet comes off, they whistle the play down right right away, and well, it's like a, it's a advantage face off for the other team. So yeah, like I, you I know, know you know if you blow you blow it down, and they get a face off in the offensive zone. It doesn't matter where you are on the ice; 
you know, if it, you know, uh, offensive player loses his helmet, you know, 200 feet from his own net, they get, you know, play stops and they get a face off down the other end. Yeah. yeah but like then I, you could have the D trying to take the offensive well, player's that's helmet what off. Ha- like, that's what I'm saying. That's what happened. That's what happened in the, the Rangers game. And if you watch the play, like it's a penalty. He, the, the puck's nowhere near the behind the net anymore. The puck's gone. He grabs onto him, puts him in a headlock, throws him into the net, and his helmet comes off. Like it's interference, it's anything. Like you can call that anything. And they don't call it. The guy's helmet comes off and it leads to the game time goal. And then they end up losing in overtime. Like it's just where where do where does the officiating go? Like I think a lot of them are afraid to call penalties in the third period late in the game, it seems like. Well, yeah, but like, so you don't call it late in the game, but then you call something like early in the game, you call something just like so minor, like it's you in the late in the game, you call something that's like outrageous. You don't call it like, but early in the game, it's like, oh, this guy tapped his stick. Like, oh, that's slashing. Like go to the box. Right. Like it, it's just something needs to happen where it's like you either you got to call it the same way the whole time. And to tell me like that play on hall, yeah, it's a penalty, it's a pick. But to tell me that play doesn't happen like five, six, seven, eight times in a game, like you're crazy. Like it happens all the time. And it's it's like yeah, what it, in Hall's defense too, he's he stopped and he just couldn't he was just in the bad he just couldn't get out of the way. Like he he put himself yeah. in a bad spot trying to make a play. Tavares curled. So he he stopped and he's just in no man's land and the guy skated into him. Yeah, it, it is a pick, but you know it, it's a heart. It, it's you know he, it's he like, there's nothing go? he could do to avoid it, right? Yeah, it's like where do you go? There's nowhere for you to go on the ice. Mm-hmm. So and that, I'm also also noticing a lot of like a lot of dives, especially with regards to like high sticks. Like anytime a stick comes up, guys are 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 diving or or trying to. <laughs> Yeah, they flop on their head back or whatever, right? Like they're trying to yeah. draw a penalty. And like I'm not saying the, like the Leafs took two in game six. They took two fucking high sticking penalties uh, in the third period when you have a one goal lead. Like that was brutal. I know, I know, Kerfoot's fucking. They lifted his stick up, but he fucking his stick. They lifted his stick up, but then he moved forward with it. So you know, he clearly got it into Hedman's face. No, so, it was the you know it they, was the they first they one that call. wasn't a high stick though. Yeah, the first one was a phantom. Yeah. Um, it I don't know whether he made contact back. or not, but it was a it was a snapback, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But like, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, I get that you can like, so now you can review a high stick to see if it's a two minute or a four minute high sticking penalty. But why can't, but you, can't you re- challenge? Yeah, like why can't you why can't you review the snapback of the head when the you know what I mean like. Make it a coach's challenge if they want to challenge that. If you can see that on the replay that the fucking stick came nowhere near the guy's head and you're get, getting called for a two-minute penalty for high sticking, why can't the coach challenge that? Like, wh- why is it – why can you only challenge goaltender interference? Right? Like, I know it's, it's going to slow the – but why can't you challenge penalty? Like, Because they don't want – the, like, they don't want coaches to constantly, like, challenge the, the refs all, all the time. But if you if you lose a challenge, you go to your you take a penalty. So like they'd, be down, the they'd be down two men. You'd be down yeah. two men instead of one. Yeah. Right. So now you're on a five on three instead of a five on four. But like, I'm not saying let them challenge every 
penalty call that there is out there. Like I'm saying the ones that these guys sell, like the snap back of the head on a high stick. Like, yeah, the ref might be blocked out on the angle. So let them challenge that one and let them get it right. Or, like or you, just an automatic automatic review of, of a high stick penalty. And if they like, determine, oh, they, there was, you know, it was... Because like the one that pisses me off, I don't understand. How the fuck can you high stick on a follow through, but you can't high stick on uh, on a stick lift? Not not yeah. the Kerfoot, not the Kerfoot one I get. But like if if they if he just comes, somebody else comes in and knocks your stick up and it hits hits a guy that you're battling with. Um, it's a it's a penalty because you're not in control of your stick. But on a on a follow through of a shot you hit somebody in the face and it's a follow through. So it's, uh, it's allowed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Taking a shot. Yeah. I don't know, but I I get it, but you're not in control of your stick. What's the difference? Yeah. You're in control of it because you're taking the shot. You should be in control of it. You're taking a shot and you're, you're following through, right? Like why can't you control your follow through? (laughs) I don't see what you're trying to get at. It's a follow through. Yeah. He shot his, he shot the puck. It's, it's a high stick. Is a high stick, not a high stick. (laughs) But I think, I think the difference between when you shoot the puck, like if you're trying to go high, you usually your follow. You finish high, yeah, you yeah. I high. get it. So, but at the same, but you got to control like you your stick, right? Like if you're if you're in traffic, yeah. But know, if maybe, you're in traffic, you can't and you finish high. But the problem is, if you're in traffic, like there's probably a guy low trying to block a shot, so you got to go high, right? So, like, it's I get it, I get what you mean, but in the same sense. I understand like that's why, but like, like maybe high sticking should be reviewable. It's just like automatic review, high sticking penalty. We're going to review it, and then uh, on review, the it was determined that the the player's stick did not make contact with the opposing player. No, no penalty on the play. Then it's neutral zone face off. See, what I think is like I agree, and what what I think is like something like that, like the high stick you don't need a lot of angles to look at that play to see that the stick did not make contact. And it was just a snap back. Like I'm going to sell this call to get a penalty. They could probably, by the time the guy, the referee calls that penalty skates to the box and the players done arguing about it. The fucking people upstairs could buzz down and say that wasn't a high stick. Yeah. Like, it, like they have, they have the situation room could call that. And, but that's what I'm saying. Like they have, yeah, but are they going to do the, that with every fucking penalty then? Like just going to no, call down, no, say, hey, that's but, not a but if you just call, but if you just determine, okay, high sticking because it's so because it's I just hit think, or miss. I think people sell high sticking more than they sell any other penalty. Like what? How can you? How can you sell being hooked on the arms? Right. I, I feel like it's it's a it's can. not called a lot of times too. Like it's one of those stupid ones. They you they oversell it to get the call, and then if you don't sell it, you don't get the call. Like if you stay, if you're not diving, you're not getting the call, and and if you're diving, you get the call. Like it's it's one of the it's like it's just like a, like a bad precedent rule kind of thing. So Akuto, can I ask you how do you sell a hook? How do I? You explain said you it? could. Yeah, you can. Well, lo- how? Because you just do like the like you like oh fuck like you kind of so if you the stop guy skating, sticks, you fall uh, to the ice. Yeah, or that one. You, you hold it under your arm so that they see that it's there, but you without letting them know you have it, and then you fall down. You know. So, but well, why is Come this on. guy's stick up there? Who's hooking you? He's why, hooking why you. would your <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, how do you sell a hook? Like a hook, you can't sell. A trip, you can't sell. Like you, you trip a guy. You, you trip can sell a, a trip. Guy. How? Well, you, you, you can embellish. Down. You can embellish a trip. You can't sell a trip. 
you can make the trip look worse than it was, but you're still going to get tripped. I don't know. I sold a couple penalties. Like I drew a, a whole bunch of penalties. You drew a them, whole bunch of penalties. I drew a whole bunch of penalties, and uh, you know, I was good at uh, I don't know. you know, kind of diving. Think, I guess. Yeah, but so you're feeling the stick in your legs, right? Yeah. So then you kind of like you act like you're tripping so, and you fall. <laughs> exactly. So there's a difference between the stick being in your legs and you falling. Yeah, sure, you dove, but the stick was there. Whereas a high stick, when the stick hits you in the stomach or the chest and you slap back like it hits you in the teeth. Yeah, everyone does that. But that's what I'm saying. Like that that penalty is so it's so blatantly obvious that it didn't high stick you. Whereas a trip, yeah, if you dove well enough, yeah, you you can sell the call. But yeah. to but the high stick rule I think is stupid. I think it I just think that it's something that can be fixed and get away from these guys trying to sell this stupid high stick yeah but that's with every fucking penalty you're gonna have it no matter what but all i'm hearing is excuses right now like you're really bitching about the refereeing and it wasn't the refereeing you guys lost i'm not bitching about i'm not bitching about i'm not bitching about the refereeing in that series i'm bitching about the refereeing in general it's been garbage the whole yeah but we've known past like all these years that the refereeing in the playoffs is not consistent and that is the one main issue and that's what I'm saying. They need to fix that issue. Yeah, well, it's never going to fucking be fixed, I feel like, because for years and years we've been saying that. It's just not consistent. Like, if they were consistent, it'd be fine, but they're not consistent. Like, how that one game – uh, fuck, I don't even know which game it was. But who was it? The Tampa guy went down. He got tripped by uh, Riley diving down to block the shot. Trip took him out of the play, took him, like, right out. And then what was it? Sherrod or somebody dove down, did the same thing to Riley, but Riley tried to jump him, and Sherrod got the penalty, but Riley didn't get the penalty for doing the exact same shit, even though Marner fell because he was trying to jump over the player. Like, I don't that's know, I not don't, consistency I right there. I, th- I, I feel like I we've talked know. about that play like on the last podcast. I don't know. I don't know which play you're talking about. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know. Something needs to happen, and, like, you think, you think with the fact that these referees know that – after the first round, they're they're making cuts. Like they went from forty eight to twenty four referees and linesmen. I think like I think that's what the number was. Like they cut them in half. So you would think that you would want to call your best game or your best games to make sure that you make it on because like there's a substantial amount of money on the line if you can make it on and make it to the Stanley cup finals. Like you get, you make great bonuses off that. And some of the stuff we saw is just like, you could pick the referees out of a hat. Like you could watch a game and say, this guy's not making it on. Like he's done just by the way they've called the games. Right. Like, and the penalty, the terrible calls they're making and they're making the game more about them than they are about the players. Like I get that there's going to be some bad calls. I get that. But to see like, 12, 13 power plays in a game, I think that's outrageous. For both, like, combined, I'm not saying one team went on the power play 12 times, I'm saying whatever, 7 and 5 or whatever, but I think that's outrageous for a playoff hockey game. Like, you need to let the players decide it, and you don't need to be making the decision on how the game ends. That's my take. Well, they're still trying to do their job, and they can't let everything go. Or is it just going to be a fucking, like, shit show out there? No, but they need to call the... They need to call the obvious stuff 
and they need to let the, the not so obvious stuff go. What can you do? We're not refs. We should be. And the light and the leaves still suck. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, at least we didn't finish dead last. First overall pick. Shane Wright, here we come. You mean Alexander Dagg. Shane Wright, here we come. You're so fucking angry because your team lost again in the game seven. Terrible. What are they? Like 0-10 in like series clinching games since 2013? Yeah. That sounds you guys right. suck. That's pretty, I'm pretty sure that's why Hoska is sick right now is because the Leafs made him sick. Same amount of Stanley Cups as the Habs in the same, in that time frame. I don't give a shit. Your team sucks. At least we can get past yeah, the first round. Yours. Yeah, okay. We make the playoffs at least. How many playoff appearances you guys got in that same time frame? Don't worry about it. You guys suck. You're not going to win. Told you guys weren't going to get out of the first round. You didn't, didn't want to listen, but I fucking told you so. What's the kind of person to say a toad or so? But you know what? A toad or so. A fucking a toad or so. Uh, so Mitch Marner got uh, carjacked yesterday, Toronto. Apparently, there's like a crap ton of those carjackings going on in the York region right now. I saw something on Instagram. Yeah, it's I been going on for a while, I feel like. Toronto police just released a, uh, a thing about it. Like, be like on a the whole lookout bunch of videos. For yeah. Yeah. Like, one where the guy. The guy went into someone's garage. I saw one where he went into some guy's garage to steal his car, and the guy closed his garage, and the guy just reversed the car right through the garage door. Like, I'm yeah. out of here. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Marner's Range Rover got stolen. Uh, fortunately, it sounds like he's okay. I think he just said, yeah, take the car. Oh, he was on the. Uh, he was on a date with his boyfriend? or He was on a date with, a, with another male. Um, he was seeing a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Bieber? No, which, no, wait. Sorry, it would be Matthews. Marner was somebody else. Was it Matthews? It was uh, somebody else. No, but I'm saying it, well, it couldn't have been Bieber because Bieber's with Matthews. True. So it had to be someone else. Maybe it was a uh, Nylander. Yeah, well, he's too pretty. Yeah. He would have He would have got stabbed for sure. He's too pretty. <laughs> what else we got going on? So uh, a couple other game sevens nobody really cares about. Bruins are out. A lot of speculation that, that. Uh, Bergeron might have played his last game. Well, he did. Did say today with the that Bruins, I think, yeah. He's he did say today he won't be going to Montreal. He said he's he said, not going anywhere else. Yeah. Nah, they always say that, and then it comes to the next season, next you know, is oh why would he want to go to Montreal? Because he's French. He's a he grew up a Habs fan. Can Hughes how is how there? How why wouldn't you want to go? Those there? guys ever go home. A lot of here, them do. Here's my question. Why would a player Patrice Bergeron's age want to go to Montreal at this point in time? When the team like why wouldn't he want to? Okay, if you're being realistic... He can realistic, mentor fucking Suzuki. And Shane Wright coming realistic, in. If you're being real, realistic about the Habs' chances next year, what are they? Let's let's hear realistic kudo on the Habs' chances next year. I think they could actually make the playoffs next year. It, it all depends on price as well, right? Because you need the goaltending. They can rely on, on uh, Jake Allen. I heard Price might retire too. There's a possibility, depending on how his knee's holding up and... Because apparently, like his knee was still fucking like bothering him when he was playing. Yeah, you can't play more than like back-to-back games, or it's it seems like so. If that's the issues, then so if you find out, done. if you find out July one that Carey Price is not coming back, what's the Habs' chances of making the playoffs next year? Be realistic. They have a really good chance. You think they have a good chance? Yes, because I believe in my fucking team. No. You guys can believe in your fucking team every fucking year Kudo. and lose every fucking first round. So why can't I believe in my fucking team? Like, 
Did they yeah, get like more? Jake 50 Allen points is a decent year? goaltender. And Jake I think Allen. if they add some more pieces, they can be fucking making the playoffs next year. Well, that's all you guys fucking want. You guys thought fucking yeah. Campbell's all look, that great. He's still didn't fucking get you past look, the first round. Look, he still can't fucking get, do anything in the playoffs. I, I'm just like legitimately I think I think the the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Toronto Maple Leafs are all likely to be playoff teams next year. Right? I don't see any of those three laying a complete egg and, and coming up short. Right? Kudo, you guys have less cap space than the Toronto Maple Leafs do next year. Yeah, but it also depends on what happens with price and everything else. Yeah, but you can only go 10% over the cap to start the year. Yeah. So even if you put so them price, on the L- Price has to retire. They have to know Price is going to retire to use that money. So if he's in limbo, they can't if use that limbo, money until the end of the season. Yeah. So just like how... Like, I'm pretty sure even if you're on LTIR before the season starts, it doesn't matter. You can only go 10% over the cap. Yeah, Like, the thing with the Canadians is they're in a rebuild, and they're in a rebuild at a bad time because they're in a, they're up against the Senators, they're up against the Sabres, and they're up against the Red Wings. And all – all well, all even Montreal made strides at the end, but all four of those teams made, made positive strides. So that means all four of those teams are probably going to be competing – and they're going to be competing against Boston as well. So you're you're looking at like five teams in just in just the Atlantic that would be competing for the two wild card spots, and that's not including the teams that didn't get in in the center in the Metropolitan, uh, like the Islanders, who you know would you you know you think that they should be there for a rebound. They could be one of those teams that overachieved and, and doesn't get back, but you know they got to be in the conversation, right? But like, I don't know who, who else is over there. Um, I don't think there's anybody. Like, yeah, you're not going to look at Columbus. You're not going to look at. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I would put Montreal ahead of Columbus. I would put um, in terms like, of achieving like let's, potential. Let's be honest. When you look at the amount of picks that Montreal has in the next two drafts. You would think they're in a rebuild, would you not? Yeah. So, so a rebuilding my, team can still make the fucking playoffs. But my point to you is it's why it's true. The Leafs, why would the a, Leafs did it. Why would a guy like Patrice Bergeron want to leave something like Boston to go to Montreal? Because of the connection, and then he can go back to Montreal and spend one year there, and, and then he can go back to Boston for like a game, and then say, "See you later. I'm done." But why wouldn't Boston want him back? Is my question. Of course, they're going to want him back. So, so it, why, so like, why, that's, why are that's they my speculating point. that he's not going to be back in Boston? My, but like, my point, I, if I'm Patrice Bergeron and I want to play for Boston, then he, Boston if you're Patrice Bergeron, then there. fucking stay in Boston. I'm just saying that I could see. I want fucking Bergeron to come to fucking Habs, and then he can mentor fucking Suzuki and Shane Wright when he comes in, and show them how it is to be a fucking so two way center more, and be a captain on a, a fucking team and how to win. So so it's a dream more than it's like a it's a want. But more there than, is a possibility uh, that he could have happen. fucking do it because he's got connections with Ken Hughes. Like, if Boston doesn't want to give him the money or he's or whatever, like there's a possibility that the Habs can try to make something work. You never fucking know with these players. It's true. I, I never know. I'm not talking. You don't know to what players. like what they're thinking or whatever. Like, he could say like, "Fuck, you know what? Yeah, maybe I want to try to go somewhere else." Look at Jake DeBrus. He asked for a fucking trade, but the guy ended up staying with Boston and fucking like was unbelievable after like 
the trade deadline. I think he's still asking for a trade. He's still asking yeah. for a trade. But he's but he's still fucking played his heart out. It's not like he just said, oh, fuck it, I won't give a shit and won't even play. And then they just fucking I'd be like, no, we're sitting you for the rest of the year. No, he fucking played. I don't think he's a, quite the comparable to Bergeron in this situation. I know, but I'm just saying that like when some, when a player asks for a trade, usually they end up fucking giving up on the team and say, fuck it. I don't. No, but he, he fucking stayed and played for his fucking teammates and was a team like a team player. He was most guys, like if it was Nylander asking for a trade, I bet you he fucking calls it in and is like, said, nah, fuck it, I'm, I don't give a fuck anymore. So I'm pretty sure that's what he does when he goes in the fucking corners. I, I, I'm just wondering, like... I think you guys should worry about fucking actually winning a first round, maybe. Since you guys haven't done it in fucking 18, maybe 19 years now. I don't play, so I just watch the games. Team, I worry about your own fucking team, maybe, too. Uh, I just watch the games. I'm not, I'm not out there um, contributing. Um, I don't know if you were aware of that or not, but um, I'm just a fan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, the, what, what I can contribute is all year very, you guys are like, oh, we're gonna win the minimal. cup, we're gonna win cup. Yeah, go ahead, think I that. Never once said we're I don't gonna fucking win the cup. gave you guys a hard fucking time about doing that. I, I believe I'm a team making the playoffs the next year, and you guys are fucking criticizing I, I me I for have it. Faith that I did pick the Leafs to win the cup. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, then didn't even get out of the first round. I told you they weren't going to. You picked the fucking Canadians to win the cup. They finished dead last in the league. Yeah, before the fucking season started. So go suck on an egg. What? At least his team made the playoffs. Yeah, and my team can make the playoffs next year. Like, who gives a fuck? I hope they do, Kudo. Yeah, I hope they lose in the first round for the next eight years. Yeah, I hope so I too. Because you know, I hope be like you, you guys. Oh, at least we made the fucking playoffs. At least we made the fucking playoffs. So, okay, well, at least we made I, the fucking playoffs. I ha- I have one well, more question for you. At least we made the fucking you, playoffs. Okay, so oh, it's we a, made this the playoffs. Very, no, it's not. It has not. It's a hypothetical question. I oh, know you're getting really playoffs. defensive. So, like. Here's your here's your hypothetical for you, Kudo. You're rebuilding. You're the Habs. You can bring in Patrice Bergeron and you make the playoffs as the, the second wildcard team, or you go through your true rebuild and you have an opportunity at the lottery again and take Connor Bedard. Which one do you want? As a as a fan, which one do you want? I want both. But you can't yeah. have both. <laughs> Why not? You get Yashin, Yashin and Dag in that lineup. I'll take Yashin. Well, because Yashin. I'm just saying. Like, I'm, just, I'm just saying the back-to-back first overall picks because they, whatever. Yeah, I get what you're trying to Luke. say. But I'd, take, I'd say I'd take Yashin and Dag. Maybe he'll give him a second chance. Maybe he'll actually, you know, do so something. Maybe it's more Maybe it's more of a, a Nugent Hopkins. Um, Yakupov. Yakupov. I was, thank you. I was, I was going to be... Yeah, clearly that shit didn't work for, for fucking Edmonton because look where like Taylor Hall and shit all is. Not even with Edmonton anymore. So the first first overall pick doesn't always pay off, Kudo. No, it doesn't. So I'm calling it right now. Alexander yeah, does, does when he scores 60 goals in a season, though. There's a lot of them out there that don't. But it doesn't mean Shane Wright isn't going to be. You just hope because the Habs are going to take him. That's why. If it wasn't for the Habs, you'd be like, "Oh, he's going to be an unbelievable player." He turns player. into a very good player, Kudo. I, I've never Jones once been on the Jones. Jones is Jones is on the bitter bus with with Shane he is. Because um, soon as like fucking the least, I, I will, he's I like, will oh, give Shane you, will give you that. Go fucking suck on an egg. But you were very fucking quiet in that game until the buzzer went, Kudo, and then you were the, the toughest guy in the. You were the toughest guy in the league. How was I the toughest guy in the league? I'm out. I'm out. I said that oh. Shane Wright was going to be Alexander Degg before the Leafs lost. I want you to know that. You can go back and listen to last week's episode. Now you're just saying that because you knew down deep down that the Leafs were going to lose. I still called it before the Leafs lost, so you can yeah, because you deep down you knew they were going to lose anyways. So you're like, oh fuck. 
like fucking pissed off because my team's gonna lose in this first round, and then the Habs have the first overall pick, and they're getting Shane Wright, so I'm pissed off about it. So I'm gonna say he's a bust. That's what you did. Well, like, wait, he has to prove himself still, doesn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah. So until he proves himself, until he's next year. Alexander so let's wait till next fucking year, and then you can say where the fuck you want. But right now, your team fucking sucks, and I get to fucking chirp your team because you lost in the first round again. Last and year, you had three chances against the Habs. You guys couldn't pull it off. This year, you had two against Tampa, and you couldn't fucking do it. And you were the better fucking team, and you couldn't fucking do it. We two years in a row, you were technically the better team, and you didn't fucking do it. No, we didn't play so better than wrong. Montreal. No, that was not what I said at all. I said we were a better team on the ice. I didn't say we were better than Montreal in the playoffs last year. The Leafs fucking sucked. They're, they fucking blew it. Like, there's no no ifs, ands, or buts. They fucking blew that series. They didn't show up game five, six, or seven. They were not the better team on the ice. This year, the difference was they competed, and they were the better team on the ice, in my opinion, in those games. Especially, like, game six in overtime. Like, they fucking dominated that overtime. They had so many chances. The ice was fucking shit. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but the Leafs couldn't fucking skate because, you know, well, be, both teams are the their... ice is shit. It affects both teams, not just one team. Well, I don't know. I, I noticed it in the Leafs, the Leafs end of the ice. I didn't see Tampa taking the spills that the the Leafs players were um, in the offensive zone, but it, the the Leafs were the better team in that overtime, and they made a stupid fucking alley oop play, didn't work out, and t- Tampa came in and point buried uh, rebound. Like it, it was what it was. The pr- the problem is in overtime, and it happens in every overtime. You watch like nine times out of ten, the team that has more of the possession, more of the pressure on the opposing, like the opposing team, if they don't score early, they're probably going to lose that game because they're going to go. The other team's going to go down. They're going to get a bounce and they're going to score. And that's just the way overtime overtime hockey works. Like you watch that. It was what twelve minutes into the overtime when point scored. I would say. And yeah, like I agree with you. The Leafs, the Leafs were all over them for at least ten minutes of that overtime, and but they didn't, they couldn't put it in, and you just knew that Tampa was going to go down and get a bounce and score. Like that's just the way it is. It also comes to goaltending because goaltending's got to be there to make all those saves. Yeah, Vasilevsky. Nobody, nobody's saying that Vasilevsky wasn't the best goalie in the series. No, but the thing except is, Jones, except Jones with his, I think he showed up for Game Six and all Seven. These, all these. All these saves that uh, that I don't remember. He definitely showed up for game six and seven. I, I never, he wasn't he wasn't himself earlier in the season, like in the series, like I said. But like for game six and seven, he, you could tell he was turning it around and he was becoming himself again. And jo- Jones, I know you didn't say that Campbell was better than Vasilevsky. Okay, yeah, I, I know you didn't. I just, <laughs> I just want to make I want to make the record clear <laughs> that I never once said that Campbell was better than Vasilevsky because he was Vasilevsky. Just like I said before, we started recording today. Vasilevsky, even in the game against uh, Florida, game one, I said I said it to you guys. I said he's showing his Vesna self again. Like he wasn't game one through six and a half. He was garbage. The third period of game six and overtime in game seven, he was back to being Vesna caliber Vasilevsky again. And you knew that was eventually going to happen if the Leafs let him come back. And do well, that. Yeah, you you would as a as a Leaf fan, you would hope it wouldn't happen, but you knew at some point he was going to get hot. You just yeah, and you knew Tampa Bay. If you win. let them, they're going to win because they've done it. Like 
they've won the two, the two Stanley Cups and they've done it that way. Like they they weren't themselves for the first few games, and you could tell like something was up. But then if you let them stay in the series, that they're going to come and be that team that knows how to fucking win. And they're well, going to show that they're the exactly. champions. I think if anything, if anything, they let the Leafs stay in the series. Um, like the Leafs got back. they Tampa blew the lead in game five. Tampa blew the lead in game six. and then, But when they got the lead in game seven, they just shut it down. And that's what the Leafs couldn't do in game six. You know, the, they didn't, they just didn't have that, that in them, the, the clean, clean play, but no chances, right? Like, and that's where, you know, they got burned on those two penalties and, and it fucked them. Yeah, but, but the Leafs could have went into Tampa Bay and made it 3-1 the series, and they didn't do that. They had a chance, well, and they, but they let Tampa Bay fucking walk yeah, but they over also, them and they tie lost the game series. two at home, so you, you, you take a split in Tampa, get back, like, get you your home to, ice. You have to look at it back. both ways. Like, Tampa came in game one of the playoffs and laid an absolute egg. Like, they were awful. <laughs> that game was over before a third period even started. Game two, Tampa showed up, Toronto didn't. Game three, Toronto showed up. Tampa didn't. Game four, Tampa showed up. Toronto didn't. Like that's it's just the way the series was going. Like, but you know, the thing with the the Leafs was in Game six, like they just couldn't. They they needed to score another goal, right? Like Toronto's style really isn't sit back and defend. Like they're not they're not the team that sits back and defends. Where as Tampa can sit back and shut it down because of the goaltending that they have. Right. Yeah, and a like lot of times have, you have to do that in the playoffs. You have to shut down. To, sit to back have and shut goal, down. To have a goalie like Vasilevsky back there. Like you look at the Pittsburgh series. They were up they were up twice in game five and game six, two goals. And instead of keeping the foot on the gas, they try to sit back and play defense. They had Louis Domingue in net. Louis Domingue is not he's a third stringer. Like he's not someone that you can sit back and play defense on. So you have to realize where you are and you just need to either keep the foot, your foot on the gas or in a sense, you have to sit back and play, you have to play D and that's what Tampa bit did after point went down. They basically said, you know what, we're getting this lead and then we're going to lock it down. And that's what they did. It did. Um, speaking of that pen series, did Jari play game seven? Yeah, he did. Jones, you frozen? We lost Jones. Jones is having some oh, internet he's back. issues. He's back. Yeah, my whole house has seemed to have gone down internet. Oh, fuck. That might happen to me at some point then, too, because, you know, bell shit. Fucking bell boys. But my PVR is starting to work again, so. <laughs> yeah, you win some, you lose some, eh, Kudo? I'm hoping mine's MC is recording right now, and it is, so I'm hoping it records the whole episode. Hub. Battle of Alberta should be a good one. Seems like enough hockey talk. Give me your picks. Florida, Carolina, Tampa, Carolina, Colorado, Edmonton. Kuda, who do you got in the uh, Battle of Alberta and in the uh, Colorado St. Louis? Colorado, Calgary. All right. I got Flames. I got the Blues. I got Hurricanes and I got Tampa. While we're on it, give me your basketball picks. Celtics and Mavs. Miami, Golden State. Just complete opposite of me, eh, Kudo? Yep. That's usually what happens with you guys. <laughs> I got uh, I got the Celtics and Warriors. All right. So let's enough hockey talk. Some rapid fire stuff here while we're on basketball. 
Suns laid an absolute egg in Game 7 uh, against the Mavs. I don't know if you guys were watching or saw the score, but I think they had something like 27 points at halftime. I'm pretty sure Luka outscored them or was tied with them himself at halftime. I think he outscored them. Yeah, the Mavs had like a 30-point lead at the half. They ended up winning by 30. Suns ended up getting to like 96 points in the game, but 27 first half points in game seven? Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, what happens? They're like the higher ranked team, aren't they? They were the number one seed. Yeah, like what the fuck? (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this or not. It was game five or game six, and um, Luca was like, had the ball and he was going to like hand it to the, like pass it to the ref, and uh, Booker jumped up and like knocked the ball out of his hand and then picked it up. And Luca just kind of looked at him, like gave him like a, what the fuck are you doing kind of look? And then he's like, okay, is, is that's how we're going to do this. And then I think he took over the fucking series after that. I saw some, some stat lines. I didn't write it down uh, or I didn't save it, but it, he had, um, it was, he had more points than the sun's leading scorer. What happened? Kudo. What? A f- I don't know who the fuck it was, but someone basically had like an open net and Billington just reached out and just like, Robbed him basically, but like it was such a shot along the ice. Like it looked weak, didn't it, Jones? I didn't see it. I was looking for that stat that Oscar was talking about. Oh, he fanned on it. The Johnson he fanned on it. So Luca, Luca had more uh, more points in the last, I want to say, two games than Suns leading scorer, which was uh, Booker. It was like forty eight to forty. He had more rebounds than the Suns leading rebounder. He had more assists than the Suns' leading assist guy. He had more steals, I want to say, than the uh, the Suns' top defender, or more blocks than the t- Suns' top defender. It was a, it was just a, a ludicrous stat. Like he was just absolutely took over, like just dominated their their best players, and um, so good on him. Uh, I wonder how the the Hawks feel about making that draft day trade now. Uh, I think it was Luca for uh, uh, Trey. Trey Young, I think is Trey Young. Trey <laughs> Young's with Atlanta. Yeah, but they trade. They got traded for each other on draft day. Luca oh, and Trey Young. Yeah, one of them was drafted like it was either like a, a three four trade or like a five six. Something. It was like one of those stupid draft day trades. It might have even been like a three six trade, like something stupid, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't. There must be like salary cap reasons for it, but you know, I never understand those trades where they, you know, Chris Paul just... also lost his fifth two nothing series lead of his career, which is an NBA record. Hmm. He Chris Chris Paul is getting gummed pretty hard by um, uh, what's the fucking guy's name? He plays for the Timberwolves. Towns? No. Beverly. Beverly. You he called him a. Call him a traffic cone. <laughs> he just plays no defense. <laughs> like he's just a fucking pylon. And he, he also said that the Suns are soft. He's like he's like a, uh, he pushed uh, when they when they played each other. He said he pushed um, Paul and nobody on the Suns stood up for him. He said if any, if he got pushed, uh, all his teammates would be would be swarming for the both the Timberwolves and when he played for the Clippers. So. And I think he was also saying something about how the Matt, how the Lakers have no leadership on their team. He's like, no, no disrespect to LeBron, but who, who's the uh, who's the leader on that team, kind of thing. Celtics dubbing the Bucks in Game Seven to uh, to get to set up the their quarterfinal matchup there or their semifinal, I guess, with the with the Heat. 
what else? Oh, NBA draft lottery went today. The Magic got the first overall pick. I don't know what the order is beyond that, but I know the Magic are picking first. They move up four. Oh, the Kings moved up to number four. So the Kings may have won the lottery or I don't know. Don't know how it works. Magic, Oklahoma with one of their 50 picks, picks two. Yeah. Oklahoma, then Houston, Sacramento, Detroit, Indiana, Portland, Lakers. Uh, Pick goes to the Pelicans, it looks like. Uh, Spurs, Wizards, Knicks, Clippers. Pick goes to OKC. Then the Hornets and Cavs. Anything else in basketball? No. No. Basketball. A couple weird stories in baseball this week. Hunter Green, uh, rookie for the Reds, threw a combined no-hitter with the bullpen, but the Reds ended up losing the game (laughs) 1-0. I guess they they walked the bases loaded and uh, Pirates scored on a fielder's choice or something like that to, uh, to score the only run. And it happened in the eighth inning too. That's brutal. Like the Reds are terrible. But, uh, like, that's, like, a new low for them. They're in Toronto this weekend, so hopefully I get some uh, – hopefully my lines aren't too bad on <laughs> for the betting. <laughs> Anthony Rendon of the Angels, he uh, was fa- – they were they were beating the crap out of the Rays. So the Rays had Brett Phillips in, the position player pitching. Uh, so Rendon went up and batted left-handed for the first time in his career, uh, hit a home run off him. Don't know if you guys saw that or not. I did yes. not. I did see that. And Phillips likes to go in and pitch, eh? Because like that's like his yeah. second or third time of doing it. Uh, you see Kudos Doppelganger Pujols got into pitch the other night for the Cardinals. And he was hitting he, he was hitting the strike jacks. zone pretty well. Yeah. I think he gave up two jacks, though. They gave like oh, five he was runs. just lobbing them in, but when he was putting them in, like he was painting the, the strike zone. It was nice. Yeah. Fortunately, the the Cardinals had like a twelve run lead or something like that, so he did. Yeah, uh, they were just destroying the Giants. By giving up his <laughs> but yeah, Rendon. The funniest thing was, he, so he put on a left handed helmet, but he put his uh, he had his like uh, shin guard on, but he had it on the back leg, so he didn't <laughs> adjust it to the front leg. <laughs> maybe he was just more worried about his back leg. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? And then today, Major League Baseball issued a 60-game suspension to Matt Harvey for violations of the drug policy. Um, and from what I've been reading, this one is strange to me. It's not like he tested positive or anything. He testified last year in that oh, yeah, against like- that an- the Angels player personnel guy that was providing the drugs to, to Skaggs and was providing drugs to him when, uh, when he played on the Angels. So... I guess in his testimony, he said that he gave Skaggs drugs from time to time, and that is a violation of the MLB's drug policy. But you would think a closed case, like a testimony, like under oath, would be exempt from secondary discipline. Like he, in, unless they knew about it already, how could they suspend him? And they, they suspended him as of April 29th, so it's not even like. You know, it's yeah, just that's weird to me. That's weird because I'm pretty sure he like for for him to testify, he asked for like immunity. Where you would think yeah, that so he's a, he got immunity from criminal charges. Yeah, but you would think that they but, would have done something. Yeah, you'd think you would think that MLB would have. Yeah, you can't use it. Like you'd think it'd be inadmissible evidence. Yeah, like exactly. Where, where where are they getting the evidence? Because he hasn't played for the Angels in probably like four years. 
I think yeah. Skaggs died like four years ago. Yeah, I'm not sure, but like you'd think that like something would have happened. Where they went yeah, like, and even said, like they, even they have an off the record conversation about it or something like you know how how do you go like how not that Matt Harvey's making a ton of money and it's really gonna I think he's coming back from injury anyways so he's probably his suspension is probably just rehab time anyways for him but like do what is doing this benefit the game at all like. It's just gonna, you know, he's he's there's the next guy's not may not come forward now to testify yeah, to just get that say. information out there because you know he's he's now worried about not even the the public public perception that Harvey willingly like damaged his own reputation, you know, to to go on record about this, but now he's he's got to worry about getting suspended and losing losing pay. You know, it just it's seems so stupid to me. I don't know. Yeah, it, it seems like it's like yeah, like you said, like the next guy's not gonna want to step forward and help out the greater good of you know what's going on in the world, right? Like he's he's gonna be like, Well, I fucking know, but I'm just gonna sit here and pretend like I don't know because I don't I don't wanna get suspended yeah. for I'm gonna plead saying something yeah. Fifth. I, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Five. One, two, three, four, fifth. Anything you say, fifth. Go ahead, ask me a question. Did you fifth? Yeah, I'm gonna use my my Fifth Amendment. Yeah. Along with my First Amendment, I'm gonna be here holding my gun while I. No, it's the Second Amendment. <laughs> oh, Second Amendment. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be here holding my shotgun. Maybe my AK-47. And I ain't saying and, nothing. Yeah. I'm just going to go up and shoot up wherever. So fucking stupid. Yeah. And then um, PGA Championship this weekend. Yeah. You're the, you're the golf guy, Jones. Where are they playing? What's, uh, all I know is the defending champion Phil Mickelson has withdrawn. He will not be playing. Pretty sure they're playing at Southern Hills. Yeah. Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. See that? Oklahoma. Looks like a decent field. Lots of names out there. Tiger Woods is going to be there. John Daly, first tee time of the day. Yeah. Looks decently long. I hear the weather might not be the greatest, so I think it's supposed to be be windy, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I imagine all the course play pretty tough. Yeah, they usually do. Not as tough as the U.S. Open, but uh, but tough. I forgot to send you my list, Kudo, of all the guys I was going to pick. Do you want me to do that before you make your picks so you can win again or what? Oh, we're actually going to make picks? Well, Yeah, we're doing a draft. Draft. Right draft. You're on the clock, Kudo. John Rom. No. Scotty Scheffler. Wow. Swin for it, eh? Yep. Who's on the clock, Jones? You or me? Doesn't matter. You tell me. Well, you, want the, you want the turn back-to-back or do you want to uh, pick? I'm easy. You, you finished ahead of me, so you can pick. Uh, you can go. All right. How many are we picking? Uh, usually six. Okay. I'm going to take Cameron Smith. All right. I'm going to take Jordan Spieth and John Rom. Throw down Colin Moore, call off for me. And back to Kudo. Patrick Cantley. All right. You again, Kudo. Rory McIlroy. DJ. All right. I'm going to take... Victor Hovland and Brooks Cupcake. <laughs> Xander Shoffley. 
Arcudo, me too. Corey Connors. Every picks, we got a lot. Uh, you got two, Jones. Two, okay. I'm going to take Joaquin Neiman. Sam Burns. All right. I'm going to take Abraham Answer and Max Homa. Oh, stole him from me. That's uh, your other guy, though. I'm going to take Will Zalatoris. I knew it. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought you were thinking I was going to take Taylor Gooch. Oh, no, I knew you wouldn't go Gooch this time. It's hard for Kudo to pick when he doesn't have my list in front of him. Fuck yeah. you. Last pick of the draft, Kudo. Do it. What? Taylor take Gooch. <laughs> no. Um, I wasn't paying attention, but has Justin Thomas been taken? Nope. Okay, I'll take him. I was thinking John Daly. <laughs> I, knew you, I knew you were going to take Justin Robbins. Yeah, but I was thinking John Daly. You should have took Tiger Woods. No, because he's going to be sore. It's never stopped him before. Nope. All right, well, good luck. Good luck. It's over to you, Pig, if you got anything on the grill. No Survivor recap. Survivor, we did that already. Oh, no. Was there no, Survivor? we didn't do Survivor. Who got voted out? Survivor. Who lost the play? Somebody player? went home. Oh, uh, it wasn't me. I only have one left. Drea went home. Who has Drea? That's your. That's you, I think, Jones. Is that me? Probably. Nope, it's Kudo. Oh, no. Oh, Kudo finally lost somebody. That's the, the Montreal girl. All I remember is that she, they, they played her. Yeah, well, she was. She had the steal of steal of vote. They did the same thing as last year when you, they knew it, but that she had this advantage. And so they told Mike to uh, give his idol away. So Mike gave his idol to Omar. So when she asked Mike about his idol, he didn't have it. Um, so she basically blew her thing. And then, uh, yeah, uh, well, this was the one too with the um, they did that twist oh, yeah. again where the the do or die do twist. Or die. No, not do or die. Um, Wasn't it safe or I don't know? I don't I'm remember sure it's what called the do or die. It. Isn't the do or die the dice? Oh, maybe it was do or die. I don't know. No, it's they had a choice whether to keep their vote, go to tribal, or they go or compete for immunity. And the first person out of the competition had to do this do or die thing, um, and pick. They basically had to pick rocks and find the correct rock, or pick the box, find the one with fire instead of the one with the skull. If they got a skull, they were out. If they got a fire, they were safe. So it ended up only being Jonathan and Lindsay playing in the competition. Jonathan ended up winning immunity. Uh, so Lindsay had to do the, we'll call it do or die. I don't know if that's what it was called or not. But she ended up picking correctly. Second time they've done this. Second time that somebody's picked correctly. So she got safety. So then then they had to play. Uh, they played their votes on Drea. And she went out. So I think Kudos still got Jonathan, Lindsay, and Romeo. Jones has Omar and Mike, and I've got Marianne. Marianne has a has an idol, I think, and Lindsay just had a power turn into an idol, I think, with Drea getting evicted. Yeah, there's still three idols out there. If they put it back in play, yeah. No, because oh, Lindsay's yeah. oh, got no, sorry. one. Three, three in the game, because yeah. Lindsay's got one, Marianne's got one, and Mike's got one. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. All right. Uh, and that was Survivor. I will... Uh... Give you a couple of grill questions real quick here. Grill it up. It's the grill. 
It's the grill. All right. The Penguins, you know, they got a big offseason coming up. Malkin and Latang, both free agents. Do the Penguins bring back Malkin, Latang, or both to start next year? I would say both. I'm not sure what their cap situation is, but I think he, those two are pretty important to that team unless they're going to start some sort of rebuild. You know, if you're if you're going for another another kick at the can, you bring those guys back. Malkin's going to be harder to sign, I'm sure. Um, Letang, I think, would probably be if he if he doesn't go to Montreal because he's a French Canadian. I think he'll uh, yeah. he'll stay with uh, with Pittsburgh uh, on a more team friendly. I would think. Well, someone's got to mentor uh, Jeff Petrie in Montreal, so <laughs> should be Letang. You guys don't realize that Ken Hughes also be a representative. You represented everybody. No, him and fucking Bergeron. That's why I said Bergeron earlier. But yeah, but I feel like the Pittsburgh has to sign both of them. But if not, I could actually see Malkin walking because he's going to want the money, right? I think he's if anyone like he's more walks, greedy. it's Malkin. Yeah, he needs. he's greedy, I, I feel like. But that's just me. Maybe goes to Washington probably, hangs out with Ovechkin. He probably wants it more for – Washington can't afford him. He probably wants it more for legacy than anything. Yeah. Well, I think he likes playing with Crosby too. I think he does because he's not in the spotlight. Yeah, but you know, if he leaves for legacy, then I don't know. I don't know what a landing spot for him would be. Maybe Chicago. Uh they might have. But they're on a rebuild. Kind of, but maybe they move out Taves or something. Maybe he goes to Winnipeg and they bring in Malkin, who's still older veteran but good player. Yeah, what Patrick Kane goes to Buffalo. I think Kane will stay, to be honest. He's still producing. I think if they can move Taves, they might get a return for him. They might look at that. All right, next one. Here we go. Both Barry Trotz and Peter DeBoer will have NHL coaching jobs at the start of next year. Yes. Uh, Trotz will for sure. Uh, he's already. I've heard rumors that he's a, he's a finalist or he's in, in talks with Winnipeg. DeBoer... He has a year left on his deal. I think he might be more inclined to sit and wait for the right opportunity. You know, maybe maybe he sits and waits to see if the Leafs need to make a move midseason and, you know, come to Toronto that way. You know, if you think if, you know, he thinks he's a fit and he wants to come back home, you know, but I think he he has the opportunity to sit and wait and see if, you know, hand pick his opportunity maybe. All right. Um. Oh wait, I want to on the coaching issue though. We didn't talk about it. The Islanders signed. Uh, they what's the guy? I don't remember the guy's name, but he was an assistant coach that they named. Uh, they named head coach, basically assuming that they were going to lose him to another team. It's kind of like the Masai Ujiri approach, I guess, where you have a familiar face but different voice. Yeah, Any probably. I didn't really see they, it. They so. need they need to coach offense. Like they they need to open up their style a little bit. I think was their their biggest problem. All right, Phil Mickelson will not play another major championship golf tournament in his career. Like for the PGA, or do you think he will or won't? I don't. I don't right now, I'm thinking maybe not for the PGA. He might join that other tour and play there. Well, he's joining the other tour for sure. I think that's a done deal. It's interesting. I think 
A, I think it depends what happens with this other other tour. But right now, I'd like to know more about it because PGA keeps saying, "Oh, yeah, he's he's welcome to be here," but it just doesn't smell right. Like I don't know. Like there, there's got to be more to it behind the scenes, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know. I, I just kind of want to see how it develops, I guess. But um, I'd say yes, he'll play another major at some point in his life. He's got all these major exemptions, you know try for another Masters or try for uh, British Open while he's over in Saudi Arabia. You know, like, uh, I think he, I think he's going to play another major. All right. Um, last one. With the uncertainty of Carey Price next year, do the Montreal Canadiens go out and sign French-Canadian Marc-Andre Fleury to be their goalie for next season? Wouldn't that be interesting? No, they're going to sign Jack Campbell. No, they're not. Did Ken Hughes represent Mark Andre Fleury? No, he didn't. No, it was that Alan Walsh, I think. Now I got you thinking, Kudo. I know because like they could if like if that comes down to price. I mean, like that could be a possibility. But they got Jake Allen. Holy fuck! Whatever. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I'm fucking done with this. Well, you're gonna answer my question. I just did. I said they could. I just wanted a yes or no. Then yeah, they're gonna sign him if Price can't fucking play. He's French-Canadian. He's fucking from, like, the Montreal area. He'll fucking... Maybe he'll like to go there. Who knows? I'm not fucking him, so whatever. You're not fucking happy either. No. You sound like you're Patrice Bergeron earlier, but hey. Yeah, because I am him. You know that? I set him in a place two-way. Yeah, you're looking at him right here. You play center? No, he plays... Kudo plays wing. Now in beer league, but in rep, I played center. Come on, Jones. You should know that. All right, kudo is that, is that anymore it? For you got anything else? For center. 200-foot kudo. All right, well, fuck you guys. And I'm so glad the Leafs are out of the playoffs. Fuck you guys. Well, screw you guys. I'm going home. All right, thanks, everyone, for joining us for our 99th episode. We appreciate all the support. Well, that's a great one. Please go follow on Instagram at Into Sports and Stuff. And follow us on Twitter at Into Sports Stuff. No and in that one. Feel free to email us at intosportsandstuff at gmail.com and send us your personal pics of the week and let us know any topics you want us to talk about on the show. Check out T Public and MeUndies in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. We'll see you next week and we'll get into sports and stuff. Hey, Wayne Gretzky, 99 is your number, so it's your turn to hit the music. Were you also at 99? Bye. Bye.